Hi, and welcome to the Unashamedly Human Podcast, a podcast created to help you get out of your head and into your life. That is, if you want to have more fun, freedom, happiness, peace of mind, and success whilst squeezing the juice out of every area of your life. Join Jackie Ford every Thursday and listen in to her warm Scottish tones, wise heart and wonderful sense of humour as she interviews guests and discusses what it means to be unashamedly human. Hi everyone and welcome to the Unashamedly Human podcast. My name is Jackie Ford. I am a coach, mentor and trainer living in Scotland with a global practice. Today I have a very special guest and I know I say this every week <laughs> but it's true. These, these gorgeous human beings with incredible messages of hope to share with the world. All the people that I speak to share an understanding known as the three principles and that's not all the wisdom they have. All of the people that I speak with have common sense they have their own wisdom, they've studied other modalities of psychology, of training, of NLP, of hypnosis. So they're coming to the table with an incredible pedigree of understanding human nature. Today I've asked a woman who's gone through a transformation in her understanding and a transformation in the way that she's doing business and a transformation in the way that she is sharing in the world. And I just wanted to share that with you because it's incredibly important for us all not to become <laughs> professional navel gazers. <laughs> I think that's the best way to say it. Is 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 to remember that there's a whole big, wide, juicy, clever, intelligent system out there that needs more of us to wake up and support it. So I'd like to introduce you to Kimberly here. Kimberly, thank you for joining me in the podcast. Can you tell people a bit more about you and what you do and what's happening? Yeah, well, thank you so much, Jackie. And I'm delighted and honoured, actually, to be part of this. I always listen to your podcasts and they're a wonderful resource. So yeah, I'm a, a writer, a blogger, a coach, uh, a facilitator, um, a, um, a wife, um, and I live in uh, Hertfordshire, just north of London. Um, and yeah, I've been on quite a quite a quite a journey recently. Uh, I ran a very successful business for thirty five years um, called The Heart of Thriving, where I shared the understanding that you just spoke about in my workshops and retreats and doing one-to-one -one coaching as well and writing. Um, and then, yeah, last summer I, I had a nudge and I'll be talking about nudges if that's okay. I had a nudge uh, that it was time to shut that down. Um, and uh, really because I, I woke up in the summer of last year to uh, the climate and ecological emergency uh, that we're all facing um, and it just came through very strongly for me that um, what I needed to do was rather than kind of carry on running a commercial business I needed to show up and make a difference in that in that context mm. um, and 
it's been so fascinating the last, uh, well, it's not even a year, um, just to see how it's kind of gone from being something that maybe seemed a bit niche mm. <laughs> um, and something that seemed a long way away and very far away for lots of people. And, you know, they had much more immediate concerns to something that I think, you know, unless you live under a rock, uh, you're very, very aware of now. Um, and um, so that's what I do these days. I, um, I work from the three principles understanding, uh, coaching people who are in eco-anxiety or climate distress. Uh, I run retreats uh, called The Edge, which are a kind of a four-day profound pause um, for people to come together and inquire in good company. What now? What, is, what does all this mean to who, you know, the way I want to live, how I want to parent, how I want to work, how I want to earn money, um, how I want to show up in the world um, in all sorts of ways. Um, and I also spend a lot of my time uh, sharing this understanding with Extension Rebellion groups up and down the country. And also there's a community called Positive Deep Adaptation, which perhaps many of your listeners haven't heard of, but it's, it's a rapidly growing community um, globally. I spend a lot of time on Zoom calls with those folks. Um, again, really just giving people an opportunity to express where they are, to share feelings, to share thoughts, um, to grieve, mm. uh, and to be kind of truly seen and heard in this time. Uh, and to work out how we can come together in community, both kind of physically, but also online, mm -hmm. to support one another in creating more connection and more resilience. So that's me. <laughs> See, you, you don't watch a lot of Netflix then, eh, Kimberly? <laughs> no, I, 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 love, I love what you're doing. I really do. I yeah, think it's incredibly important, and I'm just being my usual cheeky self when I when I say that. No, I, I, it's interesting. I was I, I wrote a blog yesterday actually saying how it was it was important because we're human. I've never liked the word boundaries. I've, no. I've always kind of reject. There's a lot of words I, I'm, I'm anti at the moment, uh, like triggering and mm -hmm. deep trauma and all of that. <laughs> Um, yeah, this, this idea of boundaries, that it's really important, I'm, I've learned, to just give ourselves some time off, um, away from it, actually, yeah. and to kind of um, replenish um, and, and just enjoy life, you know, just live. I'm the first person to do that. <laughs> so yeah, there is a bit of Netflix, yeah. and there's a bit of, um, there's a lot of gardening at the moment, because I've become obsessed just in the last three months with growing food. Mm. I love that. I love that, Kimberly. When I was a kid growing up, we used to have in our garden, we had all these little plots, you know, for the, the root vegetables and the peas and the potatoes and, you know, the salad stuff. And in the greenhouse was the tomatoes. So yeah. I grew up like that. So our kids kind of grew up like that. Yeah. This, this house we bought a couple of years ago, the gardens it, it, is big. So we spent a lot of time in the garden but the back of the garden, we're just about to start, which is the vegetable plot. And I'm so yeah. excited, you know, that, that yeah. maybe this year, but definitely next year, we'll have yeah. our own vegetables. 
Oh, that's brilliant. And there's something so, um, I mean, I, I've been a keen gardener for many years, but it's all been kind of, you mm. know, about looking beautiful. Yeah. Um, and which is, which is important too. But yeah, as I say, I've, I've sort of really getting into permaculture and food forests. Oh, what's a, food, what's a food forest? Tell well, me it's where you get kind of um, seven or eight layers. So like, like uh, echoing what a natural forest is like, but it's all food, you know, from your fruit trees and, and uh, all, all the way down to your kind of, you know, perennials and herbs and, 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 uh, and, and your veggies and your fruit bushes and everything. So, yeah, we're just at the moment kind of... Um, my husband's actually in the garage as we speak, making me, um, he's quite handy, fortunately, making me lots of like um, big vegetable planters. And, uh, and it's amazing how much food you can grow actually in a really small space. Mm. You said something incredibly important earlier, Kim, when you said, I'm listening to the nudges. Yeah. Now, for people listening, I'd love you to explain what you mean by that, because a lot of people maybe experience that, but they don't quite know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I did before bumping into this in 2009, misunderstanding. But yeah, I didn't really know what it was. I mean, uh, intuition, gut feel, um, as, as I... As I've understood more and more about um, living in this place, you know, I, I call it home. A lot of people call it home. So other people call it being centered or grounded or, or you know, that place that we all have inside us, mm. which is just naturally, uh, you know, filled with love and clarity and well-being and resilience and joy and creativity. As I've spent more time hanging out there, um, I've been getting more and more of these nudges, and they're very—they um, get—they're getting clearer and clearer. And I've learned to trust them, and and um, you know, not just dismiss them because they—they seem inconvenient. <laughs> um, and uh, and they—they they have a kind of a different um, quality uh, to just you know, normal everyday thinking for me. So invariably, um, they're out, they come out of the blue. They're not a result of rational, uh, you know, linear intellectual reasoning. Uh, they feel light mm. uh, and right, and there's an absence of tension. Now, this doesn't mean that they're easy to do, mm -hmm. um, but they... Yeah, there's an absence of, of heaviness or tension, even though it might be hard. Yeah, tell me more about that, Kim, that they're not, sometimes they're not easy to do. What does that mean? Can you give it oh. like an example that you've experienced? Well, no, a great example was shutting down the business. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Everybody, including my accountant, said, you know, you're bon absolutely bonkers. Um, you've got this great business. This, you know, this, this can take you into your old age and kind of, you know, uh, which is not that far away, actually. Um, and, um, you know, you're, you're, you're crazy. Uh, mm. And there's all those stories about how, you know, people only really value stuff when they pay for it and all, that, all of that. Um, 
but I just knew it was, I knew it was right. And it was done like in about a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's the other thing about them. They, there's no thinking. There might be lots of thinking on other people's behalf. <laughs> um, there always, always is, Kim. <laughs> there's, like there's no thinking. It's just like I'm almost, I'm up off my chair doing it. Yeah, yeah. So there's action, inspired action comes from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I love that. I often find that I'll get this kind of nudge and I find myself doing something and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what I'm yeah. doing now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's almost like a little me has to catch up. <laughs> yeah. uh, absolutely. Now, yeah. your business model, Kim, the last time we spoke, you said you changed the business model. We're using the word business, but not in the limited company or, you know, sense here. We're talking about it in a way that you're, you're serving your community locally and globally. And you changed the way that you did business. Previously, it was you give me cash, you give me money, I will do this. And you're working in what we call the gift economy now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I use that phrase. I don't really know what it means. And it's probably more accurate to say, because my understanding now, the gift economy is that, you know, I, I do work and then sometimes if you feel like it, you give me, mm-hmm. or, you know. But it's not that, actually. It's probably closer to what the Buddhists call dana, mm-hmm. or dana, which is which basically I just do everything free. And I, I don't... I, I don't um, I, you know, I'm very, very fortunate that I, I, I made a lot of money over the last 35 years. So um, it, it's, I, I just, at least until the savings run out, I, that's just what I want to do. And it feels so good. Um, and so, yeah, right. And it, it means that I, I'm kind of, I can completely focus on, um, who, who needs help today rather than, uh, yeah, what, what, what do I have to do to kind of make the numbers work or, or how, I mean, I've always done stuff for nothing in addition to charging people lots of money for it. it was, I used to think of myself as like kind of Robin Hood. That's uh, the way I think of myself too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So taking lots of money from the big corporates and then, mm. and then giving it away. But now it's just, just feels completely clean and, and in fact, I don't even have a way now. I don't, like, if somebody said, oh, I want to give you £100, I, I don't have a mechanism for taking that anymore. Um, you know, so I'm officially uh, retired. And, and you know, I, I don't, if, if I was to take any money from anybody, it would, you know, then I'd have to bloody well go back into the whole paying tax on it and stuff. So, no, it just feels really clean. Mm. Given what's happening in the world right now and over the last sort of six months, nine months, if not longer than that, Kim, with the, the fires in, in Malibu, the yearly fires in Los Angeles, the, the incredible fires we saw in Australia, which were way more potent and extreme than anything, you know, America's seen because of the vast amounts of land that were destroyed. And now with the coronavirus happening, now I don't know whether you want to take that as two separate subjects, but I think both of them 
already we're seeing consciousness rise and behaviors change so i'd love to hear your take on it because you know this is your area of expertise not mine (laughs) it's interesting i mean i think we are seeing consciousness rise and we're seeing it fall Mm. like in different pockets um so we're getting some some um we're getting some, you know, reverting to, I would say, lower levels of consciousness. You know, if you think about the fighting over the new roles stuff um, that's, that's been in the news. Um, but, uh, but I don't see them as separate. You see, I think um, we are throughout, most of us innocently, some of us not, through our own actions, we are, we are bringing about um, a have brought about a predicament where things are starting to collapse in all sorts of ways and uh, disease epidemics are one facet of that mm-hmm. um, so um, you know uh, we're, we're, we're going to be seeing um, and, and I don't you know mean to sound uh, all, all doomy um, but, it, but it is serious you know we're we're going to see more and more extreme weather events, like mm. in the UK. Um, we're going to see more flooding. We're going to see sea level rise. We're going to see massive warming if we don't. Um, well, we're going to see massive warming anyway. Um, but there's still some stuff we can do to mitigate that a bit. We are going to see um, multi bread basket failures. We're going to see food shortages. We're going to see water shortages. We're going to see epidemics. There's already lots of research going on about um, diseases that are now being discovered um, that are uh, that were under the ice, which is now thawing. Mm. Um, we are going to see, I'm afraid, huge numbers of climate refugees that make you know what we've seen over the last few years um, look trivial in comparison. Um, and, you know, possibly um, economic and social collapse um, as, you know, and already just in the last week, you know, you've seen what's happened with the, with the economy and with the markets and so on with, with coronavirus. Yeah. Um, so many of us in, in the kind of communities that I spend my time in are kind of saying, well, this is a good practice run then. <laughs> um, and um, or maybe it's uh, um, maybe it's the start of it, uh, uh, and and you know we really do have to start thinking not just about mitigation now, uh, which is what governments and everybody else seem to be obsessed with, but also adaptation, which means preparing now for a different kind of world, different kind of life. Um, and, and so that's why I, uh, that's why I think the, uh, the solutions and the things to work towards are local, um, and are about, are about community mm-hmm. and are about bringing all of those gifts that we get from the principal's understanding to bear on that so that, so that we help people to really kind of stand tall and, and face this mm-hmm. uh, rather than 
either rushing around like headless chickens, just um, panicking, or, or just going into, or just shutting down through fear. There's a lot of fear at the moment. Um, and a kind of a, uh, yeah, a, a lack of resilience. And that doesn't mean that people lack resilience. It means that they, uh, they don't know they have it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and yeah, so I can't remember what your question was now, but you answered it beautifully. Don't <laughs> You know, when you were speaking there, Kim, you know, it reminded me of media messaging and government messaging. And when we get vague messages and we get fearful messages, and we, we both have studied neuro-linguistic programming and, you know, we're well aware of language patterns. And this is not a new thing. This has been going on for God knows how many years. That when people who are not aware of how the media use messaging and their their tone, their the language used, the words they use, the headlines they use, and vague messaging from other sources, whether it's government or you know companies or whatever, that that state of fear and that state of vagueness actually encourages us to become more fearful. And that we find it very, very difficult to make decisions. Are you finding that with the people that you're seeing? That the, the, yeah. 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 Absolutely. And um, a kind of a, a, yeah, as I say, a sort of a, I mean, it's so ironic in a, in a way that, because I think this whole thing, right, deep, deep down, um, if you go right back to the root causes, um, it's all about disconnection. Mm. So disconnection from our deeper selves, mm -hmm. disconnection from each other, and disconnection from nature. You know, it, it's only because we've disconnected that we've been able to continue with this crazy business as usual uh, system. Um, so the answer is... Uh, to you know, reconnect, um, and it's it's. I've been feeling quite sad this morning, although there are ways around it because you know it looks like we're going to have to now become more and more distant because of coronavirus, right? Um, I'm already you know I've already read a lot of a lot of countries, and I think we'll be the same. You know, we're we're more and more people are going to be self isolating. Um, there's, you know, people have stopped shaking hands and hugging. Uh, and I understand why. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, the, 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 very, the very time when we need human connection most, <laughs> yeah. we're probably all going to be taught to uh, avoid that, like the plague, literally. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's a shame. But in terms of the climate and stuff, again, you know, your listeners probably have, have read this, that the coronavirus is actually turning things around as far as carbon emissions are concerned. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe it is the wisdom of the planet. This is what always amazes me. You know, you can go down two routes. <laughs> you can go down the, hmm, I wonder if this is a, a sort of... Um, 
a global call in many ways because this virus it's it's the old and sick and people with comorbidities that are at most risk and you can look at it that way that you know is this a social is this an experiment is there something going on here or you can say yes it's nature's way and for me the fact that this virus came out of Wuhan the fact that there is a you know a global center there that looks at disease and you know producing you know viruses makes me think hmm interesting this is very interesting you know and people go oh Jackie that's just a conspiracy theory and I'm like I don't care it's I love staying open to the possibility I love staying open and being curious about isn't this interesting yeah 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 absolutely and um you know I I mean I feel I've I, I very much regret the suffering there will be undoubted suffering um northern ireland did you did you read just lunchtime today has just decided to close all schools and is, is that northern ireland as well as southern ireland i heard the southern ireland one that i wasn't so sure about northern ireland oh okay yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah it was the t-shirt in, yeah. uh-huh. my 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 decision and i am i ha- I, I haven't had a nudge about this yet i'm waiting for one mm-hmm. Um, I've got a big event planned here in my local community because um, we've started something called Thrive Abbots Langley, which is the name of my local village. Um, and yeah, so I've got this big event planned for the beginning of April. And I'm kind of thinking now, hmm, you know, as more and more events mm. cancelled and all of that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, wisdom hasn't spoken on that particular one yet. But and see, I, I love that, Kim. I love that you're waiting. You're not operating from a space of fear. You're waiting from that, that nudge, as, as you beautifully called it, to guide you to what you're specifically meant to do. And that comes from a space of love. It doesn't come from fear. No, no, absolutely. The thing that happened last summer for me, and I, you know, love has always been, um, you know, that's why I call my business the heart of thriving. It's mm. always and my workshops and retreats have always been, everybody says they complete love fests. Mm. Uh, so love has always been enormously central, uh, obviously, because um, I think it's what we're, what we're made of. But last summer I did go through, when I kind of looked into the abyss, uh, there was uh, tremendous grief and um, sadness and uh, outrage actually um but once and and some despair but i i'd learned enough from the principles to uh, to to really kind of allow myself to to feel those things yeah kind of inquire like mm-hmm. you said to just be curious mm-hmm. because i already knew like who and what i am underneath it so i knew i was okay mm-hmm. um but I, I kind of really allowed myself to, you know, go into this abyss without creating a story about it. Mm-hmm. And that's the piece that's so important for me. You know, it's about, I often say to people, feel your feelings, but drop the story or don't create another story about it. Um, and so um, 
that was just so helpful because what I found on the other side of that, and of course, like all experience, it's temporary. It can't last forever uh, unless you keep feeding it. Um, but what came in was this huge uh, additional kind of wellspring of love and courage. And um, it was like the whole process of kind of uh, pick the lock somehow mm. of my heart. And, and also enormous gratitude, enormous gratitude for being alive and also for being alive precisely at this time which is, you know, sounds weird, some people, but I really am. I think there's a way in which we've, I don't know, we're here at this time for a reason. Um, and so, yeah, so I found myself acting from love rather than in order to achieve anything. I, you know, if I'm of use, then fantastic, but it, I don't need that to happen. So there's, there's lots of actions but most of the time I'm fairly successful at kind of, you know, my, my sense of well-being doesn't hang on that. I, I you know, I don't, I don't know. It's above my pay grade, as we say. <laughs> you know, there's just, when you were speaking there, Kim, there's something I want to say that to me is incredibly important. You're a woman of, of a similar vintage to myself. Okay, so you've lived a life. You've lived. You've lived, you've seen things perhaps you, you might not have wanted to see, you've experienced things perhaps you might not have wanted to experience, and you've probably disliked yourself and loved yourself and disliked yourself and loved yourself and gone through this whole journey. And all of it has been weakening you up, making you more conscious. And in the way that you've lived your life, Kim, by sharing what you knew, specifically the times that you have shared that with other people, that has helped you evolve to the state yes. that you're in now. And I love that because what I feel from you is what I feel in myself is there's an incredible groundedness. There's this space of being that it takes quite a lot to rock because you know you know where your experience is coming from. Yes. You know that ultimately you're going to be okay. Even if it looks on the outside that you're not okay. Yeah. With everything that's happening globally, you know, with the climate, with viruses, with the economy, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. And the only time we suffer is when we fight against what is. Yes. And, and those two, you know, those two big pieces for me, knowing where our experience comes from and knowing who and what we are, you know, our, our true nature, if you like. Um, it, it's really, I think it's really helpful for people and, it, you know, the, the, the groups that I share with find this very helpful. That, you know, that first one, knowing where our experience com is coming from. Is, is a game changer with the climate and the ecology because we can be, we could be in total climate despair like one day or a moment of one day. Um, and then as our thinking shifts, we can feel not so bad or okay or hopeful or resilient or calm and, and then depressed and anxious again. And then, and then we can even just completely forget about it because we, you know, we've become distracted by something else. And, you know, the climate and ecological crisis hasn't changed. <laughs> Only our experience of it has changed. And, and 
and knowing that we have the capacity at any time for that to you know for fresh thinking and um and and insight because i think still for many people maybe the majority of people it it looks like their feelings are coming from yeah the science Mm-hmm. And, and, and they're not. I think it's important to understand the science and I'm not minimising or trivialising the severity of it, but to see that our own experience of it is, a, is an inside job. Mm. That's absolutely key. You're so right. I remember when I was a kid at primary school, so very young, very young kid, And I remember we would get lessons on how to, if we heard an alarm, to get under our desks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was all during the time of the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yes. Yes. And I remember doing that as a kid. And when I tell my kids about it, they're like, were you not really, really scared? I said, no. I said, I wasn't. Because, you know, my parents didn't make it a thing. The school, it was just, this was a practical kind of process thing. I mean, Jesus, none of us would have been saved when you think about it. <laughs> it's hysterical. with a desk on your own. <laughs> I mean, melted with a desk, you know. Uh, uh, you know, it just... Yeah. But, but, but we did, we followed advice, you know. And I think now people are... Th- th- there's more information out there way more information out there than there's ever been and so there's a tendency for overwhelm yeah absolutely that that's a real thing isn't it kim overwhelm yeah Mm -hmm. yeah and as i say that can that can kind of go a number of ways so you know sometimes when people feel like that they um panic sometimes they um rush into action uh, with a kind of, you know, a deluded, uh, because action does make you feel better, mm-hmm. you know, well, depending on your well, story. It's, it's the hit, isn't it? It's, it's the, yeah. what do you call it? Is it the oxytocin or, or the adrenaline yeah. hit or, or some, it's something to do with that or serotonin. I can't remember which one it is. And, uh, so, so there's this kind of, um, rush to action Mm -hmm. um, even if it might not be the right path for you because I I, I'm strongly of the view that we all have a different path with this we have a different kind of song to sing with it yeah and and, you know for some it is gluing yourself to the BP building Um, for some it's um, you know the more sort of psycho spiritual support that people like me provide um, for others, it might just be, there's, there's a wonderful guy in this world called Charles Eisenstein. I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. And, and he's very much, you know, for some people, the path might be going and visiting the old woman across the way who's lonely. Uh, yeah. Oh, well, the you know, coronavirus notwithstanding. But, um, yeah, so, so we all have, and for me, and that's the purpose of my my four day retreats is for people to look inside for that rather than outside and to kind of get very clear about, yeah. Um, what, what does all this mean for me and the way that I act and the way that I live? So some rush into, you know, fairly mindless actions sometimes. Um, others just get completely freaked out and, 
other other people go into depression mm-hmm. yeah, and, and just shut just shut down um, yeah. Kim you said something really lovely and the way my mind works you know <laughs> I've now got um, happy feet in my head because you said everybody has their own song yes <laughs> you know again we're all born with this or you know that this capacity to love to be kind to help others understand whatever it is they're meant to understand and when we reach into that from a space of love and kindness then we have this incredible potential to not heal the world but help the world because as far as I'm concerned the world isn't broken it's just a wee bit confused (laughs) at the moment so Kim I am so glad that you got that nudge yeah me too and I feel um I, I feel incredibly present and engaged and spacious with it all um, and completely alive. Um, and as I say, I've got no idea whether anything's going to make any difference. But as I say, you know, that's, uh, that's not something that I, that I worry about anymore. No. Nudges, I think the nudges have, you know, that's what I, that's what I listen to. Um, and 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 I it's also really helped me let go of the need for control and the need for certainty, mm-hmm. which which I had done a lot, you know, ever since two thousand nine when I came across this. Sort of gradually let more and more of that go. But this is just <laughs> another level. Yeah, another level. Kind of obliviated it all you know that 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 I have any kind of I have agency oh yeah I have influence um but yeah I don't have I don't have control and I don't need I don't need the certainty um of knowing what's going to happen so um it's just getting up you know getting up every day there's there's more than enough to do to keep me oh, yeah. I can imagine. Keep me busy and engaged. Yeah. Kim, do you have anything coming up that you would like to sort of share in the podcast right now? Um, I know you said that you've got a a retreat or something. Yeah. So, well, actually, the next, I've just done one, but the Mm -hmm. the next four day edge retreat is um, end of July, early August. That's the, yeah, 29th of July. So people can go on. heartofthriving.com so that's heart like the thing in your chest of thriving.com and all the upcoming um, events are there and I'm also running um, and the dates are advertised on there as well uh, regular zoom calls group zoom calls for people who are um, feeling a bit lost or overwhelmed with it all and then I have my regular heart of thriving three-day workshops which uh, um, again, the dates are on there. So yeah, it's just I really want to share this understanding with because I think it's a, a real a real missing piece. Mm. Well, it's more than that, as you know. But a lot of the a lot of the activists that I talk with uh, and 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 the therapists, you know, mainstream traditional therapists, us uh, and 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 other really good folk 
trying to make a difference. Um, I think this is the this is the piece that they're missing. Yeah, because they tend to get burnt out, don't they, and stressed. They get, they get burned out, mm -hmm. and and they're coming from a kind of an outside in place with it, mm -hmm. and uh, and they're also coming from, like I said right at the beginning, you know, just these these things that get unquestioned, like triggers. Like I just hear that word so much. I. I at the moment on on the calls that I'm on you know about about being triggered and and a kind of a, a again from the mainstream traditional therapeutic community this kind of often unquestioned assumption about this deep trauma that we all have from the past and and how you know that needs to be that needs to be worked through um, before we can kind of, you know, even get our head around all the th things that are going on now. I just think it's unhelpful. And I understand, given the paradigms that they work in, that that's, uh, you know, that's what looks true to them. Absolutely. It's language, isn't it, that is overfilled with story and meaning and well, we all have our own perspective on that don't yeah. we yeah uh, it's all about how broken people are mm -hmm. and, and victimy mm -hmm. Kim, thank you so much for being a guest on the Unashamedly Human podcast. Oh. I will make sure that we have all your details so people can join you, find out more about what you're doing because it's incredibly important. And I love that you were nudged into this niche, as they say. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's I think it's a niche we're all going to have to all embrace uh, sooner or later. But um, thank you so much. Well, it's gone really fast. I've, I've loved it. <laughs> I'm good company, Kim. I'm good company. <laughs> you really are. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Jaffe. You're welcome, my love. Hey, you could be larger than life.